0: What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. Remember to always submit your questions to atbpodmail at gmail.com. Once again, that email is atbpodmail at gmail.com. The email will be in the show notes, so you can also see it if you can't hear it properly. Um, this should be a quick episode as well. It's going to be some top five teams discussion a little prediction before the preseason even begins Um, and then a good little trade rumor that we heard already like a a trade package that was offered to the Nets which involved the Celtics it involved Jalen Brown but let's get right into it so moving on to the first topic on this episode and that's my top five picks um, that I've seen all over pretty much like the Vegas betting websites you see it you see the ESPN's Uh, of the world, right? Those people that are kind of giving their top five uh, picks to win the title next season. This is obviously a super pre, super pre pre preseason pick, right? Because we ain't even in the preseason. But the reason I'm doing this is because, you know, just trying to look to implement my own preseason prediction. Now that I'm seeing everybody else doing these, I might as well give my opinion based on the top fives I've seen. And I'm going to give you my top five picks, right? So moving on to the first pick, I'm looking at the Milwaukee Bucks as the number one for me, right? Now, to me, the Bucks look like the clear-cut best team in the East, right? So just going off of that, we've seen Giannis in the finals. So do you really want to bet against that? I wouldn't. So I have the Bucks first, and I'm going to give you some reasons why, right? Uh, The Milwaukee Bucks last season in the playoffs were a Middleton injury away from beating the Celtics, right? And then possibly getting to the finals because obviously they still had to beat the Heat, right? But if we're assuming that the Heat was, the Heat against the the Bucks was going to be another Jimmy Butler carry, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen against the Bucks. Um Jimmy Butler and the Heat, the way the Heat were playing, all the people except Jimmy Butler, the role players that didn't really show up, and then obviously Tyler Hero with that injury, I don't see how you would pick the heat over the Bucks in that series. And so, obviously, they, the Bucks lose in Game 7 to the Celtics. Um, but again, they lose a guy in Middleton that 20 points per game and 37 to 38% from three. Versatile defender. Obviously, the second best player on that Milwaukee Bucks team. You take that away, and they still got seven games out of a series against the Celtics, who eventually went to the finals, right? So, we'll get into why I think that the Bucks have the highest chances to win uh, next season. So, obviously, they add Joe Ingles, and the first thing people are going to say is, well, Joe Ingles tore his ACL in January. And yes, that is true. But he is not a player that relies on athleticism, right? Now, the Bucks are probably not going to have Ingles until, like, All-Star break or something like that, right? Because they're going to ease him on, right? They're going to ease him back into playing time. So, they'll probably not rush him. To come back into playing form, right? Um, a couple of notables, right? The 24th pick, uh, Marjon Beauchamp, right, from the G League Ignite. Uh, he was the 24th pick, like I said, averaged 15 points on the G League Ignite. This is a six foot seven guard with a 7'1 wingspan who gets out and runs, plays fast, defends well. Um, he was talking to Mike Schmitz and he was telling him that he likes to study the Phoenix Suns, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Right, which is also a two-way player um, and really a comparable player to him. So you add that to this roster, yes, he's a rookie, but again, 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan? I mean, watch out for that type of contribution, right? Um, obviously, this is a bit of a stretch, but another name that you might not be familiar with, which I've mentioned before on the pod, Sandru Mamu right? Sounds crazy, right? But he was all Summer League first team just now. He balled out in Summer League. I think he's on a two-way contract with the Bucks, so, you know, maybe we don't see him. You know what I'm saying? But but that's another question mark, right? What if he becomes something for the Bucks, even in a limited role, right? But then we get to the real serviceable players on this roster. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Brooke Lopez, Javon Carter, Bobby Portis. I mean, these are all guys that fill most of the minutes and contribute a lot, right? These are serviceable role players and good complementary stars in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. You couple that with a revenge season for Giannis, and I don't see why you pick any other team, in my opinion. So I have the Bucks number one, right? Um, and you might think, well, what about the defending champs? Why wouldn't they be number one? So I'm getting into that, right? At number two, I have the Warriors, Right. Obviously, the most experienced stars of this top five list for me. But can they do it again against an improved Western Conference? Right. Uh, We talked about it on the pod with Mario on that Miami Heat special where he he made some good points that the Warriors didn't really face um, some crazy competition in the Western Conference. Right. They played a lot of young teams that weren't really experienced. So, you know, coming into this season, you know, you might get a healthy Kawhi and Paul George. Um, you know, Memphis probably looking to do something more this year. Uh, they have that experience, um, you know, a little bit of experience from last season. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the depth of the whole Western Conference. But yeah, an improved Western Conference and then having to do it back to back to get to the finals, you know, it's, it, it's a lot to ask for, you know. And yes, the Warriors have the perfect combination of youth and experience, Um, There's no need to go too in-depth about the defending champs, obviously, right? They have a great combo, uh, but on top of that, not really something that I want to get too into because clearly I have the number two, right? Now your question's going to be, you know, why are the defending champs second? You know, and and then I'll go to that point. So yes, it's very hard to go back-to-back to to the finals. I'm not just talking about winning it. I'm talking about going back-to-back, right? That's one of those things that, I'm going to give you a list of teams that have gone to the finals back to back. Okay, this is in the last 10 seasons. Okay, that's four teams out of 30. Okay, and that's the San Antonio Spurs, the Miami Heat, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Right. Four teams out of 30 have been able to go to the finals back to back. I'm not talking about winning it, but just going there back to back. It's just really hard to do. Right. And yes, the Warriors show proof that they've done it. Right? Not only to go back-to-back, but win it back-to-back. But this isn't the exact same roster. right? Now, a list of the teams that have won it back-to-back in the last two seasons, obviously, the list is even shorter. It's two teams, and that's the Miami Heat, right? when they beat the OKC Thunder, and then they beat the Spurs the following year. Fun fact, I was at, that, uh, at those games in Miami, obviously. I had those postseason tickets, watched LeBron win his first ring. It was a good moment. Um, and then, obviously, the Golden State Warriors with KD, right, um, when they won it back-to-back. So, yeah, you know, that's two teams out of 30 teams in the last 10 seasons that win back-to-back, right? So, it's a tough task, right? Um, so, let me move on, right? So, so far, I have, number one, the Bucks, Number two, I have the Warriors. Number three, of course, I have to put a team that was just in the finals, which is the Celtics, right? Especially because... They didn't really lose much. They actually added, right, Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari, right? They have the finals run last season. Um, but to me, I think the series against the Bucs was a fluke. I think that obviously Middleton was injured, and that's why the, Buc- uh, the Celtics won that series. Um, and, of course, I have the Celtics under the Bucs because I have the Bucks going to the finals. Um, now, we just recently saw that the Celtics have offered Jalen Brown in trade talks right? For Kevin Durant. So we saw Jalen Brown tweet out, shake my head, right? So he's clearly not happy about being offered in trades. How does that affect the team's mental, right? And then you add that to the fact of what I just gave you guys, going back to the finals, right? It's not an easy task. So I think that all matters. And that's why I have them third, right? Um, Now at number four, this is is a team that I'm probably going to get bashed for putting on here, but I just can't, I can't I can't knock off a team that has so much depth surrounded by a finals MVP player, right? And that's the Clippers, right? Any team with depth surrounding Kawhi is a contender. Everyone agrees on that. I I think everyone can agree. If you have Kawhi, if your team is deep, you're going to make a run, right? The only question about these Clippers is health, right? Can Paul George, can John Wall, can Kawhi Leonard just play a full season, Right. Um, We don't know what John Wall, John Wall's role is going to be because he's taken a lot of time away from playing right NBA games. But whether it's a backup or a starter, obviously, John Wall's only question is staying healthy. Right. He adds full court playmaking. He's maybe still a good or average defender. Right. But can the shot for John Wall be a threat to complement PG and Kawhi? Right. That's a big question. If John Wall is out there, is he going to contribute to spreading the floor? Now, does he have to? I don't think so. I don't even think he has to be a threat from outside for this team to succeed because Kawhi can shoot, PG can shoot. They have guys on the roster that can, that can spread the floor, right? And that opens up the core for John Wall to attack. So this is a good fit for John Wall. He just has to be healthy. Now, I'm a big John Wall fan, but I'm not a delusional one. Right? There's a lot of people out here saying John Wall's about to set the league on fire and all this crazy stuff. You can really see a lot of people in John Wall's corners. Now, it's hard to be away from NBA games for so long and then come back to it and, quote-unquote, set the league on fire, right? I don't think that's realistic, um, but, you know, he is. it's going to be exciting to see John Wall not only be back, but be on a contending team honestly realistically for the first time in his career right a realistic contender okay where he's literally the third best player on this lineup right if, if three guys are starting and we get a good john wall he'll probably be their third best player which is crazy right and so i have the heat fifth on this list right not the suns right not the suns and i'm gonna get into that so stay put for that right so i have the heat fifth right Yes, they lost P.J. Tucker, right? But they were the number one seed in the East, right? And Miami always competes, right? And even with a bad performance from the roll guys, and it was a huge carry job by Jimmy Butler, it still took seven games to knock off the Heat. So that's, you know, against the Celtics, right? That was really crazy to see, right? That it still took the Celtics seven games to beat the Heat. So that's why I have the Heat fifth, You know, I I really respect the the way that these guys compete and I trust this franchise, really. Um, So that's why I have them fifth. Now, question number one is obviously going to be, why are the, you know, why are the Heat who are number one in the East and not the Suns that were a number one seed in the West? Good question, right? Turmoil within the franchise, right? Everyone has forgotten about the Robert Sarver situation, right? It's gone silent for a while. Obviously, it's a non-basketball reason for me but it adds to everything i'm going to give you right so we have the robert sarver situation if you're not familiar go on google and look up robert sarver uh news or whatever you can google his name and you'll get some stuff on that right um obviously chris paul is very injury prone right this is a guy that's now 37 years old and he's been you know riddled with injuries that's a big question for chris Paul. Um, The DeAndre Ayton contract was clearly only signed because the Pacers offered it, right? And it forced the Suns to match it, right? So it's not like the Suns were really acting like they wanted to sign DeAndre Ayton to a full max contract, right? But nonetheless, it's kind of like a forced contract situation, right? Um, You know, you hear about Jay Crowder and trade rumors. Campaign really fell off after having a good comeback story. Uh, JaVale McGee is no longer on the team. So depth is another question on this team, right? Um, So it's not a team I'd like to bet on with those kind of negative vibes and question marks, right? Unless we get some kind of trade that, you know, we didn't see coming, right? Um, That would make me comfortable to put them as a fifth, right, for a contender. Um, But if I had to pick a franchise that I trust to get the job done, and I have to pick between Miami or Phoenix, I'm sorry, Suns fans, but... I'm siding with what history has shown me, right? I'm going to side with Miami in this case. Um, And now we have a rebuttal, right? I know that the argument to that is, well, Vic, the Clippers haven't even reached the finals. So why would you put them over the Suns? It's a good question. But again, Kawhi is a proven champion. Finals MVP whose only knock has been health, right? My Clippers pick isn't taking the Clippers history into account. It's taking how great Kawhi Leonard is. Right, any team with depth around Kawhi is a contender, like I said before. He's just that good, right? We can all agree he's just that good. Um, and most people there agree that the Clippers are probably the deepest team in the NBA. So, if you're telling me that there's a team that's the deepest in the league, right, maybe top two deepest team in the league, and you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I don't know. I mean, that's that's really hard not to put on your list, right? Um, you know, that being said, if Miami wasn't my fifth team. I would put the Suns in the slot, right, in the fifth slot, because I do value Chris Paul's greatness when he's healthy. You know, I value Devin Booker's rise over the years, and I have to acknowledge Monty Williams obviously is a good coach, right? And the Suns recently just being a really good regular season team, right? So that's my five, right? I have the Bucks first, Warriors second, Celtics third, Clippers fourth, Miami fifth, right? Um, you know, the fifth slot is really... I picked it because I needed a top five, right? Everyone's doing top five, so I wanted to give my top five. You know, but the fifth is obviously up for grabs, right? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Miami, you know, especially since it doesn't really look like the Kevin Durant thing has any traction. So I don't know what to expect from the Heat this season, right? I don't think they're going to be the one seed like they were last season, right? They could fall a couple slots down, so who knows? You know, the Miami Heat are a wild card team, really. And I'd like to know what your top fives are for your picks to likely win the finals, right? I want to see that. So obviously send your questions to the email that I'm constantly giving you guys. ATBpodmail at gmail.com. Send the email to me, right? And give me your top five. You could list your reasons. And hey, I'll, maybe I'll even put that on the next episode if you guys have that to show me, right? You give me your top five. You give me your reason for your number one pick. Um, and then maybe you can give me your reason for a dark horse pick, right? That would be pretty cool to see. Um, I can obviously talk about your picks on the show, um, and then give my opinion, right? Maybe I agree with you guys. Maybe you guys get me to change my top five pick. I ain't changing my number one pick. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I'm not betting against Giannis. Um, and I think that the bucks are, like I said, the clear cut best chance to win the finals, uh, this upcoming season. Let's move on to the next topic on this episode. So we're hearing trade rumors involving the Celtics and the Nets, right? Celtics supposedly offer a package, uh, which includes Jalen Brown, right? And obviously, I take in content from everywhere, right? I, I pretty much watch all kinds of content as much as possible. So yes, some of it has to be from the undisputed mainstream show, right? On Fox, um, you know, first take occasionally. But more importantly, from the podcasts that I get my shows, um, a lot of the stuff really, like SiriusXM, NBA Radio, you get a lot of good content there. You get a lot of good podcasts like The Ringer um, with Bill Simmons, you know, even the Bill Simmons podcast. So those kind of things. That's where I like to grab a lot of my content from. Um, And when I mean grab my content, I mean that's where I like to listen for basketball content, right? So all things considered. So if I had to choose... Right. Obviously, if you include Jason Tatum in a in a trade package, you're gonna have to give up less if you have Jason Tatum on there. Right? Because clearly he is the untouchable on the Celtics. Um and so if you include Jalen Brown, you're probably gonna have to give up a lot more. Now, do I think that KD and and Tatum are a good fit? I don't think so. You know, like you wanna say, Oh, you get two guys that are lanky and they can defend and they can all score they can get their own bucket, right? Their are shot creators. But I'm afraid if it turns into another skilled duo that just takes turns in the offense, right? We're going to see a probably part two of a Kyrie and KD, a skilled duo that's going to probably play a ton of ISO. And I don't sh- I'm not sure I-, I can subscribe to that, right? Like I don't think that that's something that I want to see. I don't think I want to see uh, Jason Tatum and, and KD just take turns playing iso ball. I just, I just don't like the idea of two guys that need the ball in their hands to create offense, right? Now, KD is, has shown that he can definitely play off the ball. But I'm just saying, when you need a bucket and you have two options, like Jason Tatum and KD, the other guys have to take such a massive backseat because of those two whales, Right. And when I say whales, I mean like just massive fish in the offense pool. Right. That's something that's a big question mark. And it'll really change the dynamic of the team, especially since if you're giving up Jalen Brown, like I said, you're probably going to have to give up a lot more than if you give up Tatum. Right. And then if you give up Tatum, right, people are going to bash the move because they think Tatum's the best player on the team. Well, I'm here to tell you that you can actually make an argument that Jalen Brown had a better postseason. Right. Maybe had a better finals right so and if you do trade Jason Tatum you give up less right um, and then Jalen Brown stays on the same kind of role right because he is the second option on the Celtics as it is so if you swap Tatum for KD you keep Jalen Brown in his already same role but now he's surrounded by a guy that's more efficient than Tatum right a better player than Tatum now Tatum's really young so do you want to trade Tatum Uh, To get KD on here and who knows how long you'll have KD and who long who knows if you can even, you know, win a championship That's always a question anyway So I don't know, you know, if i'm the celtics, I think I like what I have and I just stick with it Right. No need to really make drastic moves like this. You already made the finals without KD now you can say Oh, well, they needed KD to win that finals. That's probably true. Who knows, but I like deep teams And I like teams that were already in the finals Right, if if you're already in the finals, right, you've been in the conference finals, you've been in the finals. Why make moves like that, right? Because now you're giving up the future and you're giving up your present, right? In a way, right? To get KD, you know who's had injury history too, and he's on the older side of his career. So, I don't know if I would do that. You know, if I'm the Celtics, I wouldn't even make the move. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because obviously the Nets are going to ask for a lot. A lot more than I'm willing to give up. But that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And I appreciate everyone listening, following, subscribing, whatever it is. Thank you to everybody. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.